last week on Roll Mageddon. Some stuff happened. Okay? I saw what you and your friends were doing out there. That creature that come up by the theater. What was that all about? All we know is that there's some sort of necromantic crisis. When all of a sudden you hear a noise behind you and leaping off one of the roofs, you see a large dog-like creature. It runs, of course, towards Beckus. Oh, look at that natural 20. I rolled a 30. That's going to be a critical success. It Stop nimbly it. dodges out of the way. Stop it. The poison damage at the end of its turn, Yay. combined with the dagger, oh. uh, is enough to drop it. So it falls Hooray. to the ground. What you doing there, Carl? You want to give me those coins? Uh, I'm going to cast charm. You snatch up both coins. I'm just going to shoot him with the crossbow. Beckus kind of yawns and then just begins to softly snore. All right, so you grab the coins? I grab the coins. Mega will say. No! Separate the two coins, and you feel like you should give one back to Beckus because it belongs to him. But the other one, you should keep that one. She attempts to sort of take your hands over the box and violently slap your wrists against the box. I love Jasmine. Jarring impact loosens the coins from your hand. They drop into the box. Carl, it is your turn. What do you do with your three actions? I shut the box and slide <laughs> it back into the bag. Okay. Hello, and welcome to the Rollmageddon podcast. This is the Grand Designs campaign, episode number 18. We are a Pathfinder 2 campaign. We are a horror campaign. And I am Jason, the Game Master. Why don't these uh, silly little player people introduce themselves? Hello, I am silly little player person one, or three, depending on what order we're going around the table. My name is Molly, and I play Bon Bon, the Snow Goblin Bomber, and her faithful companion, Grimlock. I'm player two. My name is Ollie, and I play Carl, the wizard. And I am player number three, or player one. Depending on what it is. Carl doesn't matter. He'll always be two. And Aww. I am Jordy. <laughs> Beck is always be number two. Never one. number one or number three. Always number always two. Always a bridesmaid, never a bride, Carl. <laughs> Depart breakfast Bandywine is here. Let's do this. Let's no do this. Um, so first of all, uh, another bit of oops from last game. The uh, More on the charm spell that we screwed up. Uh, apparently, the charm spell, having something called the incapacitation trait, which is something I just learned about, when cast, it depends on the level that it's cast at. And if the person or creature or whatnot is more than twice the level of the spell as you're, cast, uh, as you're casting it, then the saving throw gets a degree of upgrade or a degree of success upgrade. So... Carl, being level four, would have not failed. He would have succeeded. He wouldn't have been charmed. I would have still helped you, Beckus, because you're my friend. <laughs> but he apparently still would <laughs> sure, have. Sure, in your own way. In either case, this is a good uh, argument to have it as a signature spell, because mm-hmm. you're only going to be able to use it on like peasants and low-level guards. And the higher you get, the more you're going to want to use it on you know big things, like the guy's trying to kill you. The other thing is the dancing scarf does not work as advertised. It only lasts for one round, and uh, it was active the entire battle, negating my natural 20, which was very sad. 
But uh, my mistake saved your life. Your mistake is my game. How do you like uh, audibly translate the smallest the violin like, in the entire world? I think you need to get an actual smallest violin. Uh, I don't think these mics would pick it up. <laughs> I think it's like uh, the Frankenstein. Can we just music. say that uh, Tiffany kind of gave you a shitty gift? Uh, uh, no, it, it it works well. I just have to activate yeah. it every round. It has to be activated with a performance check. I still, it just says successful performance check. I still don't know what that is. So we're just going to call it DC 10 for now because sure, why not? But yeah, the scarf needs to be activated every round. And those were the screw ups. I'm sure there were others. Um, if you're listening and want to yell at us about something we're doing horribly wrong, out. go to our Twitter. Yeah. So last episode, y'all took your coins we're heading off to the Temple of Hakis, but you never made it because you got ambushed by a mutant evil demon dog thing. It uh, almost killed Beckus. He was really close, really close to the end there. Mm. Only a successful healing potion from Carl saved his ass, but you did manage to defeat it. You managed to get your coin or an, an additional coin. You now have seven coins in a box. You all managed to wrestle the coin away from Beckus. And then subsequently from Bon Bon. <laughs> and they are now all in the box. Bon Bon's feeling better. Beckus is feeling a lot better. I feel empty. <laughs> <laughs> but in a good way, right? Like, okay, Beckus feels gratifying empty kind of empty. No. Yeah, like stared after you just took it. And the void was silent mm. and it stared back. So it's not like just taking a nice good dump. You no. just feel empty but satisfied. I thought we were doing no morning, poop, poop talk this, this What do you week? mean? Nobody what? ever agreed to no poop talk. No, wait. I, I would have we remembered this discussion. <laughs> I've been saving poop jokes for like three weeks now, so <laughs> it's, just, it's just getting ready to burst right out of me. We no had one. a game last week. Yeah, but I didn't give any poop yeah, jokes last we week. we let it to like the last part of that last episode. <laughs> you did it. You did the poop joke. Did I? Yeah, it was yeah, you last You week. made a poop joke. Did you I complains did. about... I was under the influence of a magical coin. I had no idea what I was doing or saying. I'm not held accountable for last week. <clears throat> okay, good way to shrug off responsibility. Um, <laughs> um, Thank you. Quick, <laughs> quick real question, since I technically succeeded in charming Carl, is he still charmed towards me? Uh, it lasts an hour, for an hour. So how long have we been walking? How long does it take to get to the uh, It's temple? gonna take fifteen minutes. First of all, let's get you some hero points. Yay! Don't know if you'll need them. We'll see. I'm sure you're gonna make some rolls at some point. All right. So, fifteen minutes later, still uh, battered and bloodied, or at least um, Beckus. Did either of you? I don't think either of you even got hit. It was just coming right at Beckus the yep. entire time. Anyway, so you two are doing fine, uh, but one battered and bloody Beckus. You make it to the Spire Temple of Hakis. The doors are open despite the hour. And as you approach, you get a sense of something perhaps not quite right. Why doesn't everybody make a perception check? 19. 19. 24. Beckus, you notice it first. As you're approaching the Temple of Hakis, you notice, again, the doors are wide open, which is unusual, but it appears to be well lit inside. Uh, normally at this hour, it being close to midnight at this point, they would be all closed up. I mean, they never, temples never technically close. You can always come in and say your prayers or whatever. There'll be an acolyte, uh, acolyte 
and I don't know how to pronounce that word anymore. Yeah, acolyte. Acolyte <laughs> will be there to sort of assist you in your needs or help you say your prayers, blah, blah, blah. But as you approach, you notice that it's fully lit up as if something's happening in there. It appears as if uh, they're having some sort of late night mass, guys. Um, Be- Becca, so are you are you feeling all right, buddy? Um, I'm going to put my arm on his back and kind of rub his back really softly. <laughs> just making sure he's okay. You know, my shoulder is hurting. This this wound is strange. Oh, it's not. You, you, uh, I, I got I got it. And I'm gonna I'm gonna like massage his shoulders a little bit. Like, okay. <laughs> kind of work the knots out. I actually did want to try something, and I pull out my war razor and just press the silver against my shoulder. The war razor is cold, but uh, there's no other effect. Okay. Just needed a check. Oh, um, that yeah, that that's let's 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 make these guys heal that wound. I I think that the, that sh- that should be the least they do for us. Yeah, at least maybe they'll have some food. Bonbon's just sort of staring at Carl, like in this sort of. Listen, listen. Uh, out of character, Carl is still charmed, even though technically it wouldn't have worked. So I've out got forty-five of- minutes of being very helpful. To out Becca. of character, I know, but Bonbon is still confused. Would by you that. mind rolling me a cigarette? Oh, of of thank you. Of course, um. Um, I don't have any. Rolling. I want to. I want to light one up as we enter here. Does Bon Bon know that you cast charm on him? Like, is that something Bon Bon actually like knows that it happened? I think you were there for it. I was sort of there, but I mean, you know, his charm spell is kind of subtle, so like, I don't know if she in the. Why don't you make an occult roll? Yeah, a natural twenty plus like. Oh yeah, yeah. Gazillion. You uh, you saw Begus casting a spell, and you instantly recognized the verbal components as that of the charm spell. On, for the record, it was a 32. Okay, for the record. <laughs> was the You're so proud of yourself. Yeah, it's the highest <laughs> roll I've ever gotten. I, I look at her. I my ass off this year. <laughs> 32? That's yeah. not even in the right decade. <laughs> I look at her and shoot a wincing glance and kind of shrug my shoulders. Here. I uh, know she knows. Here. I do know. I roll my eyes, but in that like like threes company kind of way. Did you need where, anything, like, Bon I, Bon? Know. No, I'm good. I'm, I'm good. Okay. Oh, don't don't worry about her. She's, she doesn't matter. Carl. <laughs> Bonbon, bon, listen, listen. Carl, we are apologize. we are in the we are in the presence of greatness. Carl, and I, apologize. I'm, I'm sorry that I don't think you're as important <laughs> as Beckus is, Bonbon. Uh, I just, I just, I mean, look at this guy. He goes out and he performs and he gets oh, us into all these cool much. parties. Um, and he was suffering from that poor coin. I mean, like, look at all the stuff he does. And and I, <laughs> I mean, just think of all the nice stuff he does for Cinta and for you. No, I mouth. This is my. I mouth to to Becca's. How long is this going to last? <laughs> a while, but, but if you want, I could teach you how to do it till Weston. Bonbon is intrigued. Carl's gonna like <laughs> force the game his, master is not. He's gonna. <laughs> Carl's gonna for, force his way in between the two of them, uh, and like put his arm around uh, Becca's. Sorry, sorry, Bonbon. And I'm gonna like kind of like shove Bonbon out a little ways. Ah! Uh, you, you, you've got. You've got to understand. Okay, out of character though, Becca's just had a really cruel intentions idea to like charm Weston in front of you and like make him do things for me and make you cry oh for some reason. Oh my god, you I don't son of a why. bitch! Bon Bon would lose you. it. I'm gonna make you like someone else. I'm gonna like have someone in the wings like ready. Like you're gonna like run out of there and you're gonna bump into someone that I hired. Oh my god! Can you charm someone for someone else? They become friendly or helpful to you. Well, I can make them helpful by saying the thing that I want most is for you to be happy. 
Yeah. So, I mean. What's ever helpful to me, and I want my best friend to be happy. You hear that, Carl? I'm his best friend. <laughs> oh my god! All right, listen, Bon Bon, Bon Bon. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to mince words here. But uh, Beckus was just practicing what he was gonna do with Weston um, in order to help you, who I tried to help, and um, you shot me down as your wingman. You were like, "Oh, Carl, you're such a terrible wingman," even though. I'm the best wingman ever. I would like to, at this moment, cue up a flashback to Jason telling us this was going to be a short game. <laughs> yeah, no, I was just thinking, yeah. We well, were supposed to be done with the, know this where to go. The, like five minutes ago. But. <laughs> Listen, I, I never I never get to play Charmed, okay? And I'm playing uh, Charmed. You are playing it, and I am loving it. And Bon Bon is just stunned, a little annoyed, slightly amused, very interested in Charming Weston now, and along for the ride. Well, <laughs> I feel like since we're walking into a party, I feel like Carl should clean us up a little bit. Wait, we're going to a party? I thought we were going to the well, temple. Well, there's something going on in here right now, so oh, we have of, to look of, our best. Of, of course. Be- yes, Becca's here. I'm going to like clean him like twice over with press of digitation. <laughs> what what about am bon I? Bon? Chop liver? We all need to look Oh, well. you know what? I, I, you know what? You, I don't want you to be dirty around my friend here. Oh my God. I'll clean up Bon Bon. <laughs> Uh, at this point, Grimlock points to himself, and he's covered with dirt from being tossed. Oh, oh, Grimlock, you're so cute here! And I'll I'll press to digitize him and give him a little scratch on the head. He needs a bow. Um, absolutely, absolutely. Grimlock shakes his head. Grimlock back and doesn't forth, need a. Are you, are, you still, are you still wearing the dress? I am still wearing the yes. dress. Are you gonna rip a fucking ribbon off of my beautiful dress? Bon Bon, I I I really think that Grimlock needs a bow. I mean, Beckus has the right idea here. Can I? Can we just borrow some of your dress? Just just a little bit from the hem. Grimlock doesn't understand the concept of bows, Carl. He doesn't under. No, of course he he, he would look so good though. I mean, Beckus is the, just so fashionable. Mm-hmm. Bon Bon scowls at Beckus all the while ripping a piece of her dress off and handing oh, it to Carl. Oh, the dress is taking damage now. Uh, oh, oh, thank you. And I'll, um, I'm going to like fashion it with Carl. Like, please make a crafting check. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to craft a bow. Apparently, for... Jordy is the DM now. Well, it's a game within a game. Oh, that's a twenty-eight. Mm. Right. You craft a, a gorgeous bow. bow. You successfully craft a beautiful bow <laughs> look how, to look wrap how, around. Look how cute he is, Beckus. Gremlock. Gremlock does not know what to do with the bow. Kind of like a cat where he's like trying to like push it off of his <laughs> neck, but it won't go. I pick Gremlock up and set him on my shoulder. Don't worry, buddy. I won't throw you. No. <laughs> he reluctantly hugs your neck. All right. So you make your way into the temple eventually. <laughs> And as you walk in, you see the high priestess, Beskaya, is standing at the end of the main chapel area. On either side of her, flanking, uh, sort of flanking the room itself, are a half dozen guards, priests. They are armed and armored. Standing beside Beskaya is a middle-aged woman who has a strip of cloth that's been tied around her eyes. You're not sure if she's blind or... Has, as some priests sometimes do, taken a uh, an oath of sightlessness. But as you walk in, Beskia looks out at you. She turns to the person next to her and says, Really? These are the ones we've been waiting for? And the person nods. Says, Approach. I should have known that it was going to be you. Beckus lights the hand-rolled cigarette that Carl so gently rolled for him. 
Um, Carl like rushes to uh, use his um, produce flame to light the cigarette for Beckus. Um, like a real gentleman. Um, and he does it with this cool move. Where I'm looking at you as if you're Bon Bon right now. Like, I this know. Is what I you love could, it. This is what you could do to the West End. I love gonna, it. I'll pull out my finger like a finger gun and I'm going to point it at the cigarette and go Poof, and light the cigarette. So okay. wait, we do we know this woman? We've met her before. Yes. Where did we when meet you, her before? When the, you came to the Temple Hakis the first time, this was the one that was very oh, rude to you. she was the dick. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. Bon Bon is um, almost distracted by Carl's... Uh, fervent lighting of Beckus's cigarette, but she's also just sort of staring this woman down. Beska once again beckons you forward. Oh. I reach into the bag of holding and produce Wait, Oh you got I have the, yeah. I have the I have the bag of holding. Do we uh <laughs> do we I think we approach. I think it's we this. approach. All right. As you approach you notice the guards around you sort of tense up as if they're expecting a fight. And then the woman with the cloth covering her eyes steps forward, says, yes, 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 these are the ones that carry the eyes of the beast. Beskia looks you over, and you said you pulled the box out? Nope, still in the bag holding. It is my understanding from my oracle here that you are in possession of certain items of necromantic power. Oh, you know, the proof that we needed? Um... Yes, I realize. We've gone through great lengths, and uh, where were you earlier tonight? Were you just waiting here with all these guards? My oracle informed that there would be some coming bearing the eyes of the beasts, so we have been waiting here. I just didn't know it was going to be you three. I hadn't seen anyone around town uh, seeking out these eyes of the beasts. We just collected, uh, how many were they off of this gentleman that we found? I believe we have um, seven of them now. It, you know, for for being a, a temple dedicated to rooting out necromantic energy, you'd you'd think you would have maybe um, retrieved one of them. Um, but I, well, perhaps if we had known about them, we would have retrieved them. I, but we did not know about them. Yeah, it's, and there's no reason to be rude and arrogant in this holy place. Well, you've we, not, you've been rude and arrogant to us, Bon Bon says. With her fists <laughs> clenched. <laughs> uh, uh, you remember when we had to go down into the sewers that first time and we asked for your help so graciously and said that there was a necromantic presence and you said we needed proof? Yes. I got into a lot of trouble after that and we've had those since then, but had you gone with us, you would have found the proof in the pudding. Right well, Hakis appreciates your sacrifice. Yeah, the point I, being, you have made your sacrifice to find these things. We have the power to destroy them. Are you going to work with us, or do we need to take them by force? At this point, the guards kind of stiffen up and put their hands on their weapons. Oh, so that's why all of these men are here? Because you thought you were going to have to beat the coins from us after we nearly died bringing them here? If you resisted. You guys are not nice people. Did we don't need to be nice. We need to be efficient. We might be possessed. Efficient? You haven't done anything. You didn't help us get these coins. You didn't even take us seriously when we told you when, that there were necromancers in town. You haven't done anything at all. So don't tell me you're being efficient. I learned what that word meant like a month ago, and I'm going to tell you right now that that's not what you're being. <laughs> Sorry, that just cracked me up. <laughs> Bonbon's um, uh, really upset. Uh, we don't. Have, we don't have a problem giving you the coins. Um, I. I really don't appreciate the way you're talking to my friend here, um, who's done nothing but try and help you. Um, and I. 
I have to wonder, um, you know, this this Hakis you seem to to worship. He doesn't he doesn't seem to be a very uh, very useful. Uh, At this deity. point, some of the guards start to draw their weapons. Uh, she raises a hand, says, "Let the fool speak." Yes, you would. Um, you would think with uh, the power of uh, a god and an oracle that perhaps you would be able to actually root out some of the evil in this world rather than sitting in this fancy temple, uh, I don't know, uh, playing with your butts or whatever you do. Um, but I just, I, I'm, I'm going to give you the coins because they need to be destroyed. But um, I, I will tell you this much, and I have seen... Um, Many a god throughout my lifetime. Um, I think yours is weak, and his followers are pathetic. And I'll f- open the, I'll grab the box from the bag, holding it. I'll just toss the coins out onto the ground in front of him. Toss the coins under the ground? Though I'm opening the box and just throwing them out. All right. Um. Uh. Beck. Or uh, yeah, Beckus. You need to make a will save. <coughs> Oops. <laughs> I was totally doing I wish you could have seen my face. No, no. Was, that's what my character would have done. After everything we went through yesterday or last week. What did you get? Roll coin. Roll coin. <laughs> <laughs> you can't spend your. I'm going to spend my hero. Oh. Listen, that's what my character would have done. What did you get? 28. 28? All right. You feel a longing and an urge. But you manage to hold yourself back. Carl Bonman, you do notice his eyes kind of light up as the coins go out. Basquiat looks down at them and looks at you. says, don't be so frivolous with items that come from the beast. And don't presume to know what we are or are not doing. We have been taking care of many things since our last meeting. We just don't feel you necessarily need to know about them not being of our order. I'm I'm sure you've been taking in many a many a donation from the collection tray and eating many a nice meal. Um, how 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 dare how dare I question the temple of Hakis, who has um, not even set foot in the East Block, where thousands and thousands of people could perhaps have used your help in the past. But um, you have your you have your coins now. Um, you should like give me one of those coins and show me how to destroy it. We can explain how to destroy it, though it's, depending on the power of the object, may be beyond your ability. Don't give him one of the coins. We're sure. not going to give anyone any I'm of the coins. I'm pretty skilled in the well, she, the- she gestures at one of the guards who steps forward, and you can tell his gloves uh, are lined with in lead? something. With that, lead? Is it lead? Uh, it looks like some sort of, like a chainmail glove, but oh, it's okay. a darker color to it. He, a lead color? Po- he pulls out his own box, which appears to be... Again, a lead box, but it seems to be inscribed with runes, and he quickly picks them up as Beskia faces you down again, Carl, and says, You know, I have always known your people to be arrogant, but I have never known them to be so unwise and foolish with their words. You seem almost like a child of the Antasi. Of the Antasi? Um, I'm... I'm... Actually, surprised you know that word. Um, you appear to be the least knowledgeable priestess I've ever met. Um, I am, in <laughs> fact, a Suo. But um, 
I chose my words quite carefully. Um, I find your deity to be ineffectual and his followers to be little more than children. If we are so ineffectual and we are nothing but children, then why bring us the coins to destroy them? Why not just do it yourself? Surely you have the power. You, great Suel, who seems to claim no tribe or no lineage. Perhaps you were kicked out of the nest. Perhaps they disowned you. <laughs> wouldn't you Wouldn't you like to know? Um, Actually, no, I... no, I'd prefer if you just stopped talking altogether. Oh, well, un- unfortunately for you, it Hey, would've... Carl, can you ash my cigarette? Oh, ab- abs- <laughs> abso- absolutely, Beckus. And I'll look at her and I'll hold my finger and I'll say, just, just a moment, my companion needs me. And I'll ash his cigarette and I'll look back at her and I'll say... As you're doing that, she turns away from you and turns to the guard. Kanma- take Kanmas, take him into the back, examine them, see what we're going to need to do to destroy them. I'm sure my power should be sufficient, but... We want to make sure. Thank you for bringing these to us. Can I can I interrupt, Carl? Yeah, go for it. Okay, I'd like to step up just like a, a couple steps and m- relax a little bit. All right. But I want to say something to her, and I look at her and I tell her, for what it's worth, where I come from, if there's something threatening our people, we tell them about it. We let them know so that they die aware, so that they have a fighting chance. I don't understand. I've learned a lot about the religions that are so prevalent here and the gods that you worship. I come from a very far away place, and we have our own gods, but we don't keep these kinds of secrets. And I would just like to say as an outsider that I don't understand why your people, fellow humans, are being killed children being killed, and it's more important for you to remain mysterious in the face of that, rather than arm the people around you with this knowledge that you claim to have that could save their lives. And What knowledge is it you speak of? You said that you knew that there was necromantic activity happening in the city, but you didn't lift a finger to help us find it. You knew we were going to come and deliver these coins to you, nor, but you didn't contact us. Clearly, you know things that you weren't sharing with us. In fact, you just told my friends that you knew things that you chose not to tell us. You knew that we were going off to our deaths and you let us do it? Explain to me how that's just or fair. Explain to me how that's human. I don't understand this. I'm genuinely asking. It's not quite that simple. We have many obligations here. I have less than two dozen most unseasoned warriors here. We have to pick and choose our battles. When three people come in wandering off the streets and say that there's some sort of necromantic activity, then I have to choose whether to devote a quarter of my force to go chasing something that may just be a rumor or a drunken delusion. We have to pick and choose our battles, and there are other battles going on in Porsham Grand right now. And we chose to go after other enemies. Well, so choose now to explain to us what these coins are. What did we risk our lives for? What is out here in the city that is posing such a threat? Choose to share your knowledge with us rather than keep it from us for some strange, unseen purpose. I don't understand. There has been a rise in necromantic activity, particularly over the last few months. These coins, we have not been able to acquire one. 
but we have heard rumors about them. You now bring us seven. We're going to study them. We're going to find out more about them. And more importantly, we're going to find out how to destroy them. Which they should be simple enough. We're going to follow the standard procedure. You dispel the magic. Once the magic is suppressed, an item can be destroyed like anything else. Melt it. Smash it. Hack it apart with a magic weapon. Once the item itself has been dismembered or destroyed or maimed in some way, the magic cannot return. That's what we're going to do. If for some reason it proves ineffectual, then we will find some other method. Do you know who created the coins and to what end? All I know is what my oracle has said. And oracles, I do not know if you're familiar with the oracle's curse, but when they speak, the knowledge that's gifted to them, oftentimes it can be fatal to them. They are gifted with visions and they are not allowed to convey them except in mysterious ways so that other people have to decipher. It is their fate. And our oracle, Kenmos, has been giving us some clues as to what's going on. And all we know is that there is some sort of deep connection to the Nihil and the Beast. The Beast is usually a little more aggressive and not quite as subtle. There's seven of these coins. There could be ten. There could be twenty. There could be a hundred. So we need to find out how many of these things there are. We need to destroy them. So my guess is that these are not just little toys that the beast is using to cause mischief, but is trying to use them to converge in some way to cause some sort of greater evil. And that's what we've been dealing with the last few months. Thank you. You're welcome. I back up and stand next to Beckus. <laughs> you appear much wiser than your friend here. Oh, come now. Whether it's through arrogance or ignorance, I believe that this deity and his followers will soon fall to their own hubris. Um, I was bitten by one of these monstrosities, and it's not healing right. Taps on my shoulder. Beskia look, looks at you and looks over at one of the other priests and nods. Steps forward, begins to inspect your wound. Uh, yes, um, I've dealt with this before. I know, I know exactly what this is. We've been dealing with this a lot of, uh, rather frequently lately. Getting bit by these creatures can sometimes leave its mark. You're infected with a disease. However, I may be able to cure it. Let me just look at my spell in this book of spells. Attempt a counteract check. So it takes ten minutes for him to cast the spell. As he lays his hands upon you, you feel divine energy coursing through your arm. And he rolled very high, so I'm going to assume, I'm not even going to look up the DC on that. I'm going to assume he counteracted it. Your wound stops throbbing. Oh, well, that's at least a a relief. Yes, you had a ghoul fever, by the way, and you would have discovered that tomorrow morning (laughs) if you hadn't got it cured. Well, I kind of figured I would be zombified in some way, so... Yeah, it slowly rots you up until you turn into a ghoul. Mm-hmm. Fun stuff. Oh, man. Is there any specific things that we might be able to acquire from you that might help us in uh, fighting against any necromantic beasts that we come across in the future? I feel like it's the least that you can do since we're doing the brunt of the work. I want to find more of these coins, but we need help. Most of what we can provide, unfortunately, is of a divine nature and might be difficult for 
some of you to actually utilize. Um, could you bless some water for me? Or? We could definitely provide some holy water. We have reserves of that. Again, let me look and see <laughs> where that is in the book. I mean, I feel like to, you know, smooth out our relations here, let's try to put the water under the bridge and, you know, perhaps help each other out here. Put the holy water under the bridge? <laughs> I don't know whether I should rip on Hawkus anymore or whether they're being helpful, so I should just bite my tongue. Okay, so here's how holy water works. Uh, you throw it as a strike. Simple thrown weapon, range increment of 20 feet. Unlike an alchemical bomb, it doesn't add the manipulate trait to the attack made with it. Okay. Deals 1d6 good damage and 1 good splash damage. Only damages fiends, undead, and creatures that have a weakness to good damage. She gives you 6 vials of holy water. Says these will work against some of the creatures, but not others. I suggest that you, if you wish to continue getting involved in this particular turn of events, that you study up on these creatures, particularly with relations to your knowledge of the occult, so that you can more accurately assess which ones are um, of different qualities. The beast creates many things, from undead creatures to just pure aberrations. It's good to understand the difference before you begin throwing holy water at something that's just going to think of it as a polite or an impolite bath. Do you have any other questions? I have to get to destroying these coins sooner rather than later. Um, will you send word when you've successfully destroyed the coins? I can. Where would I send word to? Um, you can send word to the sloppy bowl. The sloppy bowl. Correct. It's uh, in the east block. In the east block. I will send a missive. Very well. When they are destroyed, which will no doubt be before morning. I do not know if my um, allotment of spells for the day is going to cover all seven coins. So it may <laughs> take a little bit of time. You you spoke of tracking further coins. Um, do you have a means to do that? We are working on a means to do that. These things are very elusive. We've managed to. Suss them out when we are close to them, but it's the manner we are using is very crude, and we're just as likely to detect some other magic item as we are to detect one of these coins. Well, well, might I lay hands on the oracle since I have been quite intimate with these coins of the beast and see if that might help her glean upon something? She thinks for a moment. I don't know if that will help, but oracles have... I feel like I've have... spent the most amount of time with any of these coins while resisting the magic that's been turning all sorts of people into nightmarish creatures, so... Bon Bon makes yeah, a was... weird little, like, growly laugh noise in the back of her throat at the term resisting. He was, to <laughs> he was totally resisting. <laughs> I, I saw that, Bon Bon. Beckles was doing a great job. You're right, Carl. He was doing a great job. Bon Bon is finally learning sarcasm. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Uh, I learned Carl sarcasm last week. Carl doesn't know that, that Bon Bon knows sarcasm, so just assumes she's telling the truth. Oh, good. Well, I don't know if, if she might be able to recall some knowledge or something, but generally I know that some sort of contact is required for that. It's possible. Oracles see things in strange ways. She calls back to the back room where they left. Kanmus, come out. Kanmus wanders out. Says, grasp hands with this individual. He was in contact with coin for 
sometime, I'm guessing. I'm sorry for anything you might see that might overwhelm you. I don't know. The oracle reaches her hand out towards you. And grasps her hand. She squeezes your hand, then eventually loosens it, steps back. Says, I can glean nothing from this one. Here, why don't you try mine? Here, pull my finger. Don't do it. One of the guards stabs you in the back. <laughs> oh, look, it was a critical kit. Oh, look, I rolled max damage. Oh, darn. Um, and we never saw Carl again. <laughs> we put Carl's body in a gentle repose into the bag of holding until Car- Weston can get to him and fix what's wrong. <laughs> Let's try that electricity thing again. He might explode. You should turn it up all the way that time. <laughs> Yeah, after everything Carl's been doing, yeah, I'll gladly. <laughs> Wait, do I hear this? No. <laughs> oh. all, all I want to say is uh, I just have to stand by my friend here. Stand by your, your man. He's just so damn charming. <laughs> all right, so you all finished at the temple? Mm-hmm. Okay, so you head out back home. You arrive back at the Smiling Tiger. It's like one in the morning. Uh, you go through the north gate. Hilburn says, hello. Wow, you look like you got in quite a scrap there. You all covered see the in other blood. guy. <laughs> it was a dog this time. Good Lord. <laughs> yeah, he just left the hooves. You ever think of just staying home every once in a while? You make your way back to the Smiling Tiger. Am I still charmed? No, at this point, uh, before you even reach the north gate again, your charm is worn off. Do I know that he charmed me? Uh, I believe you are aware that he charmed you. I'm going to look over to Beckus and be like, dick. <laughs> <laughs> what, do you want a tip? Uh, no, I'm just, just saying that, you know, it's not super cool. It wasn't me. I, I, I know, I know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna forgive it because it was obviously the coin. But uh, all of my actions after I had the coins were my own, and I made you do things for me just to prove a point to Bonbon. Uh, sure. Yeah, making me roll that cigarette for you. I mean, you rolled it kind of loose. I didn't want to say anything, but like I was trying to make a point in the yeah. temple. I, I'm a, I'm a pipe smoker. It's supposed to be loose. Um, yeah, but I also thought you were a master craftsman. Can I make a crafting roll for how good my cigarette roll was? <laughs> if you really want to. <laughs> okay. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I take that as you rolled it. I too take much. that as a yes. It was a it natural was a one, loose. so yes. Once we get up to the room, I would like apart. to... Hold on, you don't actually make it to the room quite oh, okay. yet. Okay. You walk into the lobby of the Smiling Tiger, and you see the interior door guard. There's a, a woman in her mid-twenties. Her name's Lucy, you know her. And she stops you as you're coming in. Beckus, um, there's a weird guy here looking for you a little while ago. He's a tall, skinny, kind of messy hair, dressed in gray, weird eyes, talking to himself, acting kind of funny. Talking about seeing through the veil and things like that, yeah? He was doing a lot of mumbling. Okay, um, yeah. Yeah. Did he leave any word? Well, he said he needed to talk to you. I told you you weren't around. He said, okay, it'll wait a few days. But um, when you see him, he dropped this. And he, she hands you a rolled up piece of parchment. Thank I tried to go find him to give it back to him, and he was nowhere to be found. Thank you for that, Lucy. I guess um, I'll have to find him. Anything else weird? Uh, no. Oh, there was a d- uh, delivery for you that went up to your room. 
somebody some uh, from somebody named Tiffany. Oh, okay. Thank you. Yes. All right. So you head up to your room, and waiting outside your front door because they don't actually walk into your room is a small um, box. I yes. grab said box as well. All right. You lift up the box. Set the scroll on top of it. All right. You head back into your apartment. Inside the box is a cake. It is a chocolate cake. It is a little messed up, like somebody has been mishandling the box. And on the top of the cake, written in the icing, is just a big letter T. There's no note. There's nothing else. Just a cake. Um, I inspect the cake. I don't know. I'm trying to think of what I would use to like ascertain whether this cake is going to be gastrointestinally troubling <laughs> or poisoned. Oh, um... I guess make a medicine check. 14. All right. As far as you can tell, it's just the chocolate cake. Uh, It looks like it was not the best baked cake. It's a little stiff. Somebody make it when they were drunk. I'm going to cut into it. All right. It is cake. There's nothing inside of it. No, No hidden files or keys or anything like that. Does this cake look like it was made by a professional baker? Oh God, no. Um, Be- Beckus, do you do you think that Tiffany baked this cake for you? I think she might have. I I didn't want to say anything before, but I think she might be into you um, sexually. <laughs> um, sexually. He's <laughs> full out gold blooming. Um, she. Um, she was really eyeing you, um, and she just, I mean, she kept staring at your groin the last time we were together, um, which is usually a good sign among, um, drunk humans, um, that they're just looking to, um, mate, I think, is, is what they... Oh, I quite understand, and I'm quite sure she's smitten with me by the gifts that she's getting me, but, uh, um, generally the denial of some said gifts that she's wanting will make me get more gifts do you think she put a love potion in the cake for you i don't know do you have identify magic is there I, magic in I, there i do can i can i see are if the you cake a is, detective is magical uh the cake is not magical um beckus i'm i'm afraid to tell you it's just a regular cake bonbon your forensic your forensic science knowledge might help is this is cake Safe? Can I use my occult knowledge edible? to see? No, no. It? You can I use a you... medicine. Check. Oh, I can use a medicine. I thought you had the uh, like the forensic science for your medicine. Oh, I did get that's that. That's the investigative thing that like concerned with dead bodies. Yeah, no. that's for that's corpses. Yeah. I can tell you with great certainty that this cake is not a corpse. <laughs> <laughs> there is no dead body in this cake. Yeah. Uh, let me see. Hold on. So um, little man. There's a there was a little man. There was a little <laughs> man in his cake. Um. So I can use, what did you say? It was medicine? medicine? All right. Yes. That would be a 20, 24. All right. The cake appears Wait. to just be a cake. Yeah, 24. It's you even just have a, a little bite of it. Right. I apprehensively. You can tell it's not a great okay. cake. It is a cake that appears to have been made with um, inferior cake making skills, but it tastes, you know, like a cake. Grimlock takes a, a huge handful and shoves it into his mouth. All right. Grimlock is now covered with chocolate cake. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't have a digestive take, system, so this will be interesting. I take cake and open up the scroll that was left behind by, oh gosh, what was his name? The weird gray man. Floyd. 
deployed. All right, you unrolled the piece of parchment. It is a note of transport. It is a prepaid, basically, boat ticket on a boat called Helga's Ire, leaving out of Portion Grand's Danier port the next morning, uh, basically about 20 minutes after sunrise. Uh, the note of transport states that the boat is to leave this particular port and arrive at the town of Bilquist, which um, anybody who has portion, or not portion, anybody has society can make a roll on it. 21. 17. 19. Bless you. Uh, The town of Bilquist is basically a logging camp. Uh, Well, it's a logging town. They... Being Portion Grand and the kingdom of Walfen in general, it's mostly forest, so there are a lot of logging camps, particularly along the Oradon River, which is the river that bisects Portion Grand. So Bilquist is one of a dozen of these sorts of towns, and it's about 25 miles away by the river. Now, in addition to this writ of transport, this sort of prepaid boat ride, you see scribbled on the bottom, very crudely, stick figures. One appears to be a large stick figure that is like in your typical generic stick figure way has a dress on to signify that it's a female. And it appears to be sort of looming over a group of um, nine much smaller stick figures that all look like they're in tear. I've seen many drawings like this back home. Either she's about to have a baby or... Why are you laughing at my people and my culture, man? (laughs) Or she's about to eat the village and she's actually a bear. So there's a bear in Bilquist that's going to eat all these children. Stands to reason. I mean, (laughs) a bear in a dress. Or a witch. Do you dress your bears in dresses here? I don't know what these humans do to their bears. Nor do I. I've seen a few shows, I've seen some bears in dresses. We should probably investigate this Belquist bear. They're pretty Um, good drinkers. Does this uh, writ of passage or whatever it's called, does it um, detail how many individuals it's for? Three. (gasps) That's perfect. (laughs) All right. Wait, Grunlock, though. Can Grunlock come? He can go into your clothing and sit. (laughs) Well, it looks like we're going to need a big night of rest, guys. Um, Pray to your God, Carl. We should look. We should read up on bears. And babies, just in case. Cover our bases. Bears, and babies, beats, Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you're going for? Uh, yes. I know. That's <laughs> and just so you're all aware, um, you're all supposed to work tomorrow. So, work where? Uh, you are supposed to. Uh, you are supposed to be apprenticing Ani tomorrow. All right. Am I working Here's, for Gartuk or yes, Weston? Uh, bon Bon, you are supposed to be going in to work with Gartuk. Okay. And Beckus has a performance tomorrow evening. Do we have any like paid vacation accrued at our jobs? <laughs> <laughs> you don't really get paid vacation, but uh, no. just to let you know, you're probably gonna have to let people know. Or are we not something. in a union? I think Gertuck told you you can take like a week off. Yeah, Gertuck told me to take vacation. Wait, he said I, if you ever needed to. If yeah. I ever need to. So yeah. Well, so like, if we have to go somewhere and fight a, a baby having bear, I am totally able to like take. Where was my performance at? It wasn't with uh, what's her name? Oh God, 
with the Vermilion. Madame Deloc? Yeah, no. It's no, it's just a regular performance. Fuck that. Some money. I don't get back. Um, I don't get back. So, I um, obviously, since there's three people on this ticket, it's obviously meant for us. Um, should we attempt to contact Floyd before we jump on this boat, or should we just hop on the boat and go? Well, we should send word to our employers. Oh, obviously, yeah. I mean... <laughs> well, whatever you do, you should do it soon, because like- the boat, from the time it is right now to the time this writ of passage carries off, uh, is about seven hours, and it's about an hour to get to this port. So y'all, if gotta, you might get five hours of sleep. I'd like to send a, a letter with someone. Is there someone nearby, like a letter? I'm going to just the smiling just tiger. A letter messengers. we can send them out in the morning. I mean, when we leave. Um, is the sloppy? Oh, I thought bolt. we had to get on the boat like right now. Well, we've got like seven hours. It's an hour to get there. Oh, we have seven hours before the boat leaves. Yes. Oh, we should sleep and send word to our employers yeah. and then get um, on the boat. Is we get five hours of sleep. Yeah. Is the sloppy bowl open this late? Oh, no. They close just uh, right around dusk usually. Okay. Um, what time is my apprentice scheduled to show tomorrow? Um, I don't know. Whenever you would usually have uh, Ani show up. I imagine I just grab her from the sloppy bowl every morning. Okay. So I would like to send word to the sloppy bowl. Okay. So you set up some messages to go out to your respective employers and get some much needed rest. I have a family emergency I cannot perform tonight. I am going to assume um, that Bonbon makes up a bunch of elixirs of life to heal Beckus before he goes to bed. <laughs> Is he still pretty wounded? Yes, Bonbon definitely like does that. Points. I was down to 14. Down to 14. Doesn't your HP heal like when you sleep? Uh, yes, but it only heals your level plus your con mod. Okay, yeah, so I'll, I'll do like that. So would like five or six points overnight. I mean, I could treat my own wounds too, couldn't I? Um, battle medicine as well, but I guess yeah, that won't matter if I'm not I think, cool. I just I think you can only do that once every 24 hours. Grimlock, like, I haven't done it yet, though. Grimlock yeah, you like, did, stands when you over were you. Walking yeah. to the gate earlier. Grimlock like stands over your face and like pours the elixir of life down your throat with his good, little good, paws. Good, good. Oh, <laughs> he also still has chocolate all over his face because he, he can't eat, so he just like shoved it in there. <laughs> just like it's just there. Yeah, it's just <laughs> melting all over his face. Um, <laughs> Two weeks later, he just like spits it out again. Speaking speaking of elixirs, how many health potions does everyone have? Oh God, I don't even know anymore. Um, I I didn't take any in that last combat, right? I didn't I, use any. No, the only person that got wounded was Beckus and. Carl dropped one down his throat when he went I down. I have one minor healing. Potion. I think I have two minor and one lesser. Can I steal a minor from you? Yeah. Okay. All right. I give you a minor. Okay. Just no, wait. I still have two. So y'all get up the next morning, bright and early, after a whopping like five, maybe five and a half hours of sleep, and you send off your messages to your respective employers. I also compose a message to Tiffany. All right. Thanking her for her delicious cake. <laughs> Expertly her crafted admir- cake. Her admiral efforts on the delicious chocolate confection that was presented to me. All right. You make your way down to the docks, and you see the boat you're looking for. It is a, like a, oh, what's the word for it? A cog boat? Like a, sort of like a... One of those kind of bulky, thick fishing boats, single-masted sailboat. And you see stenciled across the front of it, Helga's Ire. And you see a crusty-looking old man 
It could be old, could just be the, what the sea's done to him. Sitting on the side of the boat, and he sees you all approaching. He stands up. You must be the ones that are going to be, uh, I'm giving a ride to, right? Yes, and you must be Captain Morgan. We've been told all about you. What? No, Puskel. Puskel Samet. Ah, oh. I'm sure you're in the right boat. I was told to expect three people. Well, it's, it's what the note said. That's wrong. Puskel yeah. Samet. That's my name. Oh, Puskel Samet. I must have misread that. Here is our ticket, kind sir. Who's Helga? Uh, ex-wife. Ah, oh, the ire. Okay. I think yeah, I yeah, yeah. It's clever. Uh, this, this boat's tried to kill me more times than I can count, so I thought it a fitting name. This boat has tried to kill you? Yeah. Should we be on this boat, you guys? Oh, uh, it'll be fine. We're just on the river. It only tries to kill me when we're out on the lake. That's an interesting behavioral quirk for a boat. Yeah, you're telling me. Anyway, bon bon it reminded him. me a lot of my ex-wife. Is that where your wife's buried? Ha ha ha. Did you say that? <laughs> yes, I did. Uh, God, I wish. <laughs> still, still alive, causing you grief, I guess. Yeah, well, I try to stay as far away from her as possible. Anyway, <laughs> up on the boat, up on the boat. It's going to be probably a good 10 hours before we get to Pilquist. Do goblins have divorce? Is that a thing we have? Um, I would think that goblins would have sort of more like a like a hand-fasting ritual to where you're mated with somebody for a year or two years or whatever, and you renew it. Okay. So it's not really a divorce. It's more like an expiration of contract. Gotcha. You know, okay. if, if you're unable to produce children and you're like, well, hey, I need to produce children, so you're out, bro, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so like, you're saying that... Bonbon ruined the entire marital structure of her society, too. <laughs> well, there's other things that you we do. We don't speak of it. <laughs> there's other things that you do when you're bonded, you know, like taking care of each other's households and that kind of stuff. Hmm. So you get aboard Helga's Ire. It breaks off from the dock and begins moving eastward up the Oridon River. Now, the Oridon River flows from east to west into the into uh, Lake Afrish. So... It's a little bit slow going. He's relying on the wind and his sail to sort of take him against the current. And he just kind of sits off on his own and doesn't really pay attention to y'all unless you bug him. Do you know any shanties, Huskal? Uh, shanties? I suppose I do. Will you regale us with one? I've never heard a shanty before. Sing to me of your ex-wife. I'm afraid that might be a, quite a rude <laughs> song. <laughs> Well, Helga, she was wide and short and round as one can be. She used to beat me with the pan until I'd snort for free. Eventually, I divorced that bitch and left her on the curb. I wanted to bury her in the lake, but she floated. Home. Is that true? Did you use? Did she used to beat you? I don't know what your friend here is talking about. A little more complicated and involved a lot more knives. So Bonbon is very disappointed in the lack of sea shanties right now. (laughs) That Helga had a temper. Okay, that's enough with the sea shanties. (laughs) Sorry, I was trying to improv a sea shanty. In either case, about six hours into your boat ride, the Helga's Ire makes its way up the river, and eventually the river makes a sharp turn to the south. And as you are making this sharp turn to the south, Carl, you look out and you see 
a spot on the shore surrounded by trees, but one empty spot where it looks like there might have been a tree there at one point. <gasps> it's you! Um, it seems rather familiar. So guys, um, I, I know I'm not nostalgic or sentimental or anything, but um, do you see that opening on the shore over there? Bon Bon sees the opening. That's where I, that's where I came from. Oh, that's where you used to be a tree. Yeah, I was a tree. Um, and all those trees were my friends. Our roots touched. What are their names? Um, well, that one's... <laughs> and that one's... Um, they, you know, tr- trees have um, interesting sounding names. <laughs> As Carl is explaining this, all of a sudden he passes out and drops to the deck. Carl, you're a tree again. You can feel the rustling of the wind through your branches. You feel the nourishment of the earth coming up through your roots. You have a sense of the passage of time, but it seems simultaneously endless and fleeting. You know you've spent many years like this, though there's no way of telling how long it's been. Suddenly there's a disturbance nearby, the kind of disturbance that you sense when, say, a squirrel is crawling through your your branches or an animal is passing by. Then you hear a man's voice. Sounds cracked. There's a desperate tone to it. This tree is not natural. There's something strange to it. I, I, I sense a great danger. Though the danger be distant, it's as, as if it's lost in a fog. It must be uprooted, it must be cut to pieces, and it must be burnt into the finest ash. You hear another voice answering back. It's just a tree, old man. Your oracle's sight must be confused. There's no reason a tree should serve as a threat to the expanse. It is a threat. I can feel it. Somewhere along the lines of fate, this tree will tear forth its roots and march to ensure the destruction of the Ashaheen. It will burn the gardens and break the expanse into pieces. It must be destroyed now. As the master of the cobalt wrote, I forbid you from harming this tree. It poses some secrets, yes, that is plain to see, but the needless destruction of every little thing you think is going to topple the expanse is a waste of our time and potentially a waste of valuable knowledge. But the danger is imminent. We must act now. The lines of fate are long, Oracle. You know better than any. I will study the tree for now and discern what I can of its mysteries. When I am done with that, you may do with it as you wish. Maybe too late. I would warn you against defying me, Oracle. If you seek to contradict my orders further, you shall do it without a tongue. Fine, but I have warned you. Make your examinations quick. The Expanse cannot risk such a gamble, even for knowledge and secrets. You sense one of these individuals leave. At this point, you feel a hand pressed upon your bark, and the warmth of breath as someone leans in close to you. Now I'm going to have to kill that pesky oracle before it tells too many people about you. Even as a tree, you're bringing annoying complications into my life. Remember this when you awaken. You owe me one. The warmth of breath backs away. The hand is removed from your bark. You hear the sound of a creature, like some sort of strange dog or a hyena. (laughs) Yes, Mari, I know you don't like him, but he is my brother after all. Bon Bon, Beckus, Carl has dropped to the deck and is flopping like a fish. 
Grimlock runs over and smacks him across the face. All right. It doesn't seem to have any effect on him. Bon Bon follows and uh, tries shouting at him. Back, I mean, Carl. <laughs> Carl, wake up. And I shake him a little bit. Um, he seems to be having some sort of fit. It reminds you sort of when uh, Jasmine poked Bacchus with that stick. He's just sort of not violently flailing, but more just like twitching. And his eyes are closed, but you can see the rapid movement of the eyeballs behind them. Bacchus, how do I wake him up? Is he okay? I inspect him with my medical. <laughs> Make a medicine check with your medical. My medical knowledge. 16. 16. Uh, he, it's hard to tell what's going on. He just appears to be having some sort of seizure. You've never seen him have a seizure like this before, so you don't know if it's something that has happened to him before. I don't know anything either. Okay. <laughs> suppose it's just best to let it run its course and then make sure he doesn't choke on his tongue. Less than a minute later, Carl, your eyes open. <sighs> what Are you all right? was that? Um, uh, a vision of, of some sort. Um, it was from when I was a tree and um, my brother was there. Uh, you have brother? a brother? I have um, a couple brothers, I suppose. Um, I'm not sure which one. Uh, my memories of that time are uh, scattered, hazy. But he was talking with an oracle, and the oracle kept talking about the Ashaheen and the Expanse. And I... Um, do I... Out of character, do I know what the Ashaheen are? The Ashaheen are the ones that have been referenced in the book. Okay. The one that turned to ash. Okay. Um, but um, I, I believe the Ashaheen are all gone. So um, whatever um, I was, uh, the Oracle was saying that I was going to destroy the Expanse and stop the Ashaheen, but I, I must have slept through that. Um, uh, oracles are uh, n notoriously fools. Do you have visions like these often? Um, I have had visions from time to time, but um, nothing recently. And typically, there's there's always um, an explanation for them. How do you feel physically? Um, that's a great question. How do I feel physically? <laughs> uh, you feel fine. A little bit sore. Well, the this deck is not as as soft as my um, my bed, but um, I, I I think I'll be fine. Um, I don't. I don't know much about visions or oracles or um, what was happening when I was a tree. But I um, think it has anything to do with that book that we burnt. I, I don't know. Um, but I do remember um, there was an entire race of people trapped in that book, and you killed them. Well, I I personally <laughs> didn't kill them. I mean, well, there was one person in that book. <laughs> Morgana may have um, allowed them to, you know, perish from her um, not knowing what was going on. But yes, um, apparently I owe my brother a favor, so um, I'm curious which, which brother it would be. It's odd that um, you would be, that an oracle would have believed you to be responsible for the eradication of the Ashaheen race and then... Thousands of years later, or however long it was, you end up fighting some 
necromantic creature holding a book of their family history. I mean, that's that's a little strange, right? I mean, I'm not a smart goblin, but I, I'm You're a very smart sure. goblin with 18 intelligence. I <laughs> mean, I'm a smartish <laughs> goblin, but like... Oh, oh certainly. Um, I, I don't know. Um, it, it is. There have been some things that seem to be more than coincidence, but I am. I'm not even sure if the brother and the the vision is still around. I mean, it's it's clearly been a long time. Um, do I do I know who who the voice was? Like, do I recall that brother? Make a will save. Or recall knowledge, right? Oh, is it magic? There you go. <laughs> Burning the hammer uh-huh. point. Well, his memories are complicated. Okay. Um, I got a 28. 28. No name is coming to your mind, but you do have sort of fleeting flashes of memory from a long time ago. These are before your tree days. You seem to remember a brother, a brother who, while you were exploring... Yeah, sort of the other tribes of the Suel and um, trying to sort of figure out your place amongst them as someone who was one of the original unified tribe. You remember a brother that chose to spend a lot of time with the uh, Paswan or the Dark Elves, Drow as they're sometimes called. The voice sounds familiar, like it's probably him. Um, do I remember his name? You do not. Um, <clears throat> yes, um, you know... Thinking back, I have a vague memory of my brother going to the Dark Elves. Um, I believe we had traveled there together, and he chose to remain much longer than I did. Um, it's it's possible he stayed with them for many years, and then eventually sought to follow in my footsteps. Um, but it's very likely that by that point I was already a tree. Ah. Now the... the <laughs> Must be uh, nice to have siblings that you don't even remember. Well, I would. The world is a dark and dangerous place, and um, I hope my certainly hope my brother's around. But um, I, uh, people do have a tendency to um, die, and if he was involved with this expanse, and <clears throat> the expanse is no more, my guess would be that he has either fled and is in hiding, or he is one of the individuals that perished when that empire was, um, when that empire perished. You're a complicated elf, Carl. Well, thank you, Bonbon. I, uh, I like to think that I'm, uh, just a regular elf, but... Some hours later, as the sun is just starting to descend, perhaps another hour of light left... You arrive at the town of Bilquist. Bilquist uh, is located upon a particularly wide area of the Ordon River, almost a mile wide. It is a town that is built on both sides of the river, though there are no bridges that connect it, only ferries. On the western side is the main town, the taverns, the inns, the places of entertainment, the official buildings, and surrounding this sort of cluster of a town where the trees have been cleared back are manors, and obviously these rich merchants and guildsmen who have investments in the logging company. And they have their own sort of private areas that have been placed out and around. On the eastern side of the river is 
an extensive logging operation with these sort of spoke-like um, pattern of buildings that go deeper and deeper into the woods as they start just continuously clear-cut everything. Beckus, you've been through here before on your trip out to Porsham Grand, but for the most part, it's unremarkable. When you sailed down the Oregon River to arrive at Porsham Grand so many years ago, you passed through, again, a dozen of the places that all pretty much look the exact same. However, this one is now different. On the eastern shore, just north of the main logging camp, is a large, a, a large wooden palisade has been erected. Within the palisade, you see several like smaller buildings. It looks like they're sort of hastily put together, not meant to last kind of buildings. And in the center of this palisaded area, a very large square building that almost looks like a warehouse, except it's just too tall. It's not set up like it, it would be a very impractical warehouse. It stands over 20 feet tall. And it looks like it's generally about 20 feet on each dimension. And it looks to be more sturdily constructed than the other buildings. You see people milling about this little camp-like area. Um, and they all appear to be wearing like sort of rugged clothing. A lot of them are wearing like these wide-brimmed hats to sort of keep the sun off their face. And everyone makes... Let's do society. Smell that on the wind, guys? That's slave trade. I got an 18. I got like an 11. <laughs> All right. Megas? I got an 8. All right. <laughs> I like that you said that like Buffalo Bill. <laughs> you don't quite know exactly what this group of people are. It's obvious that they're not uh, workers from the logging camp. They appear to have something else going on, something that is important enough that they erect a palisade around it. Now, the palisade runs up to the water. It doesn't run out into the water. There are a few small boats that look like they have armed guards on them, sort of keep people from approaching the area. But for the most part, you're kind of not really figuring out what they're doing. Um, Everyone make perception checks, however. Uh, while we're doing that, are the, are the individuals walking around the camp, are they armed? Most of them are not. Okay. 15. I got a 24. And Beck is. Is that a natural one over there? Mm-hmm. Right, you're busy staring at the at the other side of the. Mm-hmm. the, 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 <laughs> the town. Manor, I guess. There's this a lot to pretty. see. You know? This is a nice, pretty area, guys. Uh. Yeah. Carl, you notice that within the palisaded area, there are a lot of holes that have been dug. Oh, uh, into the ground. Yep. Here and there, apparently no specific pattern. There are some that are much larger, and you notice a lot of these uh, people are sort of wandering in and out of these holes. Look like the holes themselves have been designed so that they can descend into them. In addition to all of this, you see that there are some makeshift piers have been set up outside of the palisade, like on the water area, and there are probably a good dozen just rowboats hanging out there, and a couple of guards hanging out look like they're sort of half-heartedly guarding the rowboats. You see all this as your pilot, Pascal, Pascal, whatever his name was, I think um, it was Pascal. Captain Morgan. <laughs> it's not Captain Morgan. Pascal. Pascal Samet steers you <laughs> towards the western shore and to the docks where he pulls up and lets you off. Says, oh, well, you can, uh, I'm going to be leaving here soon, but um, if you all need to get trip back, there's always plenty of people that are willing to take a few coin for a trip back into Portion Grand. Boats come through here every hour pretty much. 
Thank you for uh, riding aboard Helga's Iron. Blah, blah, blah. I'm going to take a nap now, <laughs> or actually I'm going to hit the taverns, get really drunk, and then take a nap. Well, I hope Helga doesn't get you and stay off the big lake. <laughs> well, I have to stay out of the big lake. It's where I make my money. Well, May you find a more suitable and fruitful mate, sir. I thank you. You're welcome. All right, so you're now all standing on the docks. There is a l- row of large warehouses that separates the docks area from the main road where all of the entertainment and amenities are. What would you like to do? I'd like to, to look at everyone and say, hey, um, do you guys think that palisade's a little weird? What's a palisade? Oh, those big spiky logs that are kind of like a wall. Um, do you think that's kind of weird? Like, oh, I've seen those before. Well, yeah, You know why they're standing out there guarding them? Um, you, do, you, do you think they're, they're trafficking those people? Because it looks like they're digging a bunch of big holes. Maybe it's a reservoir. Should we perhaps um, investigate? Sure. Well, it is I'm sure. pretty much a mile away from you at this point, so you can kind of barely see it over the there lake. right now. Oh, it's on the other side yes. of the lake. Or the river, yeah. Um, yeah just away. north of the logging camp. Well, it smells like slave labor to me, but I feel like we should find somewhere to stay briefly and maybe find out a little bit more about who's running it in town. Should we perhaps find an inn or at least a bed we can rent? Sure. Sure. Um, Does it look like there's anywhere around here that um, people stay at? Well, like I said, you're still at the docks and... There's a rows of warehouses, which look like nobody stays in. Let's walk into town, guys. But it's a short walk into the center of town. Oh. Once you do make it to the center of town, you find yourself on the main road, Market Street, and you see everything you might expect from a, a village which a lot of people passing through. You see a good dozen or so easily recognizable inns and taverns. You see some official buildings. You see some smaller temples here and there, most of, commonly for um, gods of wealth and prosperity. And people are milling about. It's not quite dark. Another thing you notice is that even though you have all of these businesses here, there seems to be a, let's say, like a culture of uh, like stalls, like business stalls. So even out in front of businesses, there are other businesses that are in these stalls and people sort of hawking wares and so forth. And a lot of them look like they're closing up as the sun goes down. But some you smell, you know cooked meat and like sweets and so forth coming from some places as people are trying to sell off some food to hungry travelers. And you see a lot of people dressed in a lot of different manners, signifying that they're obviously coming from different places around the world. And the Oradon River is a major artery. So they're just sort of, you know, been traveling from east to west or west to east. Bon bon. Do any of them look as good as me? Are you still wearing your dress? Fuck yeah, I'm still wearing my dress. <laughs> you woke up the next morning and put back on yes, the I cake did. topper dress. Yes, I did. <laughs> So, I ask again, <laughs> do any of these people look as good as me? I guess that would be subjective. <laughs> now, let me ask, was this cake topper dress meant to be a multi-episode uh, thing, or was it just a one-time joke? It, it was just meant to be something <gasps> like silly. It's something that someone has latched onto because of someone who they should not be latching onto. <laughs> He's just not that into you, Bon Bon. <laughs> so, you're standing in the middle of this busy road. Dozens of people kind of milling about. They don't really pay you any attention. If, but you, bon Bon gets more than a few odd looks, but everybody seems to be minding in their own business. She bows whenever somebody <laughs> looks at her. <laughs> All right, chaps, find the name of an inn that doesn't have a name of an animal in it or any sort of rodent. 
(laughs) (laughs) My eyes look around for such a name. (laughs) I would like everyone to make perception DCs real quick. Well, this one's called the Gopher's Clam. You know what? Fuck it. I would like to spend a hero point because I've rolled a four the last like five times. <laughs> okay, go for so it. So I'm switching die. Okay. 24. 23. 14. <laughs> All right. Uh, who got the 24? Was it Beckus? You notice him first. Just as he notices you. You see, dressed in armor, short, unbearded dwarf, stumbling noticeably stumbling your way. Ooh. And he looks up at you. Oh, I know that I was going to see you here, my friends, again in war and combat. Adros! Adros, are you intoxicated? Very fucking drunk, yes. Oh, hello. Yes, what do you bring to here, eh? (laughs) Oh, you know, mysterious intrigue and adventure. I am here also for the same thing. Uh, Sent here by Temple of Yana to investigate necromantic stuff. Is that something involving children? No, just necromantic. (laughs) It has to do with the archaeological site across the river. Oh, is it that thing you asked if it was weird? Yeah, what's what's going on in there? I don't know. You can't get in. I'm not good at talking my way through things. We are. You know, Hadrosh, um, Beckus is really good at getting into all sorts of places. Did you charm him again? Oh, no. Uh, Listen, listen. What? Uh, It's it's a long story. Um, You know, long stories, you know what makes long stories best? Drinks. Drinks. Come with me. I have room at in. It is sturdy, sturdy beam. What? The sturdy beam? Yes. Hey, oh, no animals do. or rats. Yeah, all right. No, I've not seen any rats there. But um, you, he has animal. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, Rufus is a real. <laughs> You're giving me a hero point. I'm giving you a hero point. Um, you are on point with the drosh tonight. Too much caffeine, not enough sleep. Uh, so come, come. He kind of like. Puts his arms around whichever two of you happen to be closest and starts ushering you down the road. It's it's definitely Carl, and he's delighted that Hadrosh sees him as a friend. <laughs> so you make your way into the sturdy beam, so named because of the, you know, the signage out front, which is literally just a piece of wood that's carved in the likeness of another piece of wood. <laughs> he takes you inside, and it's it's fairly busy. There's a good like maybe twenty people in there. There's noise, smoke from pipes, and people drinking. So we grab a table, we talk about these things. I've been here for, I don't know, maybe a week, more, two weeks. I've been here for a very long time. Anyway, he flags down one of the barmaids, drinks for everyone, whatever they want, I'll pay for it. So you bring here for what? You're looking for children? Uh, well, it's a, it's a long story. It's pretty vague, but I'm assuming that, uh, yeah. Uh, do, I'm assuming you brought the note, or we brought the note. <laughs> oh, the, the, the writ? Yeah, yeah. No, no, that was given to... So the drawing is gone? Yes. Okay. Um, yeah, Hadrosh, it's... Uh, we, we just, we got this writ for this this boat, and um, there was a really scary drawing. Of or, a bear? Um, bears. There are bears around here. Uh, it, was a, it was a bear that looked like a woman in a dress. Um, there are no bears in dresses. She might have been having a baby. 
So we just, I mean, we just found out about it last night. <laughs> he looks and, very confused. <laughs> um, but we, we're just, um, we just, you know, we had to catch this boat at, you know, right after dawn. So we don't actually know too much about what's going on. But that, that palisade over there, the archaeological dig seems, um, seems very intriguing. Um, if, if you're trying to get in there and you've been trying for a week, perhaps we could uh, combine our efforts and make well, our way you in. Know, in. The guards, they wouldn't let nobody in. Uh, only thing I've discovered, I, I show up. I'm supposed to just look into necromantic activity that has been rumored here, strange creatures and such or whatever. And then I go there to talk. They say, fuck off. And uh, only thing I know is that I talk to one archaeologist man and he's kicked out because he was in charge. But then late he comes to town. Some rich lady, lady, I don't remember her fucking name. She comes in, marches in, they change everything. Guards go up, everything gets different. And then, then not just dig, they hire children from around here and have them diving in the river. They looking hire for them? Yes, they are paid, but they're all too paid to be diving in the river. Looking for something under the water. But they still dig holes. I don't know what's going on. I would like to relay to Hadrosh the details of what we have done and seen since our fight in the sewer with him. Like, I'd like to just sort of, like, fill him in on some of the things that we've done and, and the okay. coins and all that. As you're relaying this very long story, um, you go through a few pints. Hadrosh, even though he's drinking more, seems to sober up a little bit. And the sun sets. I wonder if these things are connected then. You say you're looking for children, but I don't think these are the children you look for. They are live here. Um, this, this woman you, you, you spoke of that came and changed everything, what did she look like? I only seen her once when she was leaving the camp. Uh, older woman, gray hair, very uh, regal, looking very obviously... Has much money. Well, I I think we should go and investigate. And I mean, if they're changing guards, it would give the impression that they're up to something perhaps um, nefarious. Well, that's what I'm thinking. Something is happening over there. I need to find out if it is related to something which must be destroyed. And then if it is not, I can at least go home. Well, we would love to assist you, right, Beckus? Oh, of course. I drunkenly uh, like elbow Beckus a few times because <laughs> he hasn't been talking much. So I just, you know, I'm poking him. Grimlock is sitting to on your head. Me boat trips really. Mm. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> 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 I think Beckus is falling asleep. Grimlock is sitting on your head, by the way. Well, um, <laughs> I like my hat. Hadrosh, <laughs> <laughs> we're not we're not exa- exactly sure what we're looking for here, but um, if. Well, then we are in the same boat. If I mean, but if if there's guards posted around something, um, my experience um, would lead me to believe that perhaps that's where we should be looking. Well, if you can figure out the way in, the best they've come up with, and he digs around in his clothes and pulls out a vial, is a visibility potion. But I am not a quiet person, so I buy this, and then I think this is a stupid idea. <laughs> Well, um, you know, Hadrosh, I could probably, um, I could turn some of us invisible and we could sneak in. 
I mean, you have to be quiet, too, just because you cannot be seen. I have a feeling they are on lookout. I know they have mages working there as well to uh, find things, to help them find things. Now, I, I don't suppose you have the authority to demand that they let you in. <laughs> no, these are guilds. Guilds don't help. listen to temples. Who who runs the uh, archaeological site? I mean, who's well, I assume this this woman is Balam Balami Balam Balagaga. I don't know her fucking name. I don't remember. But but if um, I mean, if, if surely there must be some larger group that is in charge of the whole site, or well, it's this other archaeology man I talked to. He says yes. He was in charge, um, and they are paid by rich people who want to dig up things from ground, but he's no longer in charge. He just comes in and kicks his ass out. Um, well, let's go investigate. Could we, could we perhaps find this individual and pretend that we are from the rich nobleman who's paying for the site, and we are here to inspect it? Let's find the woman. No, no, no. The, the archaeologist will find out some information, and then we'll... They're not in charge of the site anymore. Yes, he is fired. He was kicked off but, of the site by the rich woman. But he, his, his boss probably... Um, he was boss. Yeah. But who, who was oh, paying? He, well, he's, he's in tavern down, just down the road. He will talk for freely. He hates them now. He's very pissed off. <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> I, I, what, I was, what I was thinking is we, we pretend to be sent from whoever is funding the expedition, and we pretend we're here to investigate. Well, it seems that the person who's funding the expedition is the one that's currently taking over the expedition, though. Oh, well, that does. But I say we talk to this uh, this former foreman, you know, this, this guy, see what he knows. I think so, too. I think we could get some very interesting information, at the very least. Mm. All right, then we, was, we will, let's do this. He slams back good. the rest of his ale. I've got transport covered. Ready? Who here drives a boat? <laughs> <laughs> People look kind of look over in your direction. Anybody here drive a boat? As Grimlock is sitting on his head. <laughs> <laughs> they, they go back to their drinks. <laughs> oh, I guess right. no, I say money. Let's get going. He stands up, grabs his big warhammer or whatever his weapon was saying. It was a warhammer off the table. Slings it on his back and marches out the front door. The rest of you, I am assuming, following him. Cool. I take Grimlock off of Beckus's head and <laughs> okay. bundle him up in my skirt and we go. <laughs> All right. And you march out of the sturdy beam up the road towards your next destination. However, that's where we're going to end this one. <laughs> so give you guys a little time to process all the information I just threw at you. And uh, yeah. Get back to it next week. Nobody had any leftover or carryover. I would have if I somehow had spent I, my hero points. Somehow I to ended up with <laughs> <laughs> Somehow I ended up with three hero points. So do I get two next week? No, lying. you're lying. Pretty sure it didn't happen. <laughs> All right, I didn't have any. <laughs> All right, so now you begin the mystery of the great archaeological dig. You know, I love it when these campaigns get archaeological. <laughs> I love it. It's so much fun. I'm glad well, I up on a call. Well, I, I was hoping to do another campaign for the podcast, and it was going to be an archaeological... Uh, archaeological. Oh, my God. Thank you. I'm tired right now. <laughs> I've been running off of caffeine and nothing else today. In either case, though, 
thank you for the people who have been listening. And we'll be back next week with more exciting stuff. I have been Jason. I have been the Game Master. I have been Jordy. Back as Brandywine, Human Bard. I've been Ollie, and I've been playing Carl. And I am Molly. I have been playing Bonbon bon and Grimlock. All right. Thank you for listening. And um, yeah, bye bye and stuff. Bye 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 sexual. Just the levels, girl. What you coming in? Yeah, 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 yeah. What if we did like a like a teaser episode for Patreon where we're all singing? We could do it like the Buffy episode where there's like a curse put on us where we have to sing our feelings. Like everything we say, we have to sing. We'll look into that. We'll look into that. <laughs> now, Tiffany, she was a fiery lass. <laughs> okay. She okay. loved to take it in the ass. You know nothing about Tiffany. I bet pre- she likes presume. it. Oh, bed. I will. <laughs> I just get that impression. Tiffany's one of those girls. She's up. For, she's a woo girl. She's up for anything. You know? <laughs> she's backdoor Betty. Yeah. Backdoor right. Betty. <laughs> we can't stop all now. <laughs> Serve her a bowl of skitty. Whoa, whoa, black backdoor Betty. Bambalam. We got ten hours on a boat. Thank you, ma'am. Ten hours. Sorry. So you- everybody wants their butt touched. They just don't know it. <laughs>